Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to the Easy Peasy Show brought to you by Sonic. You can listen to every episode of the Easy Peasy Show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or anywhere else you usually listen to your podcast on. Once again, thank you for tuning in. Now let's get into the episode. Hey, guys. Welcome into the Easy Peasy Show. Um, man, finally getting to foot, like actual football, not preseason football this weekend. Um, man, I can't, I can't wait. Oh, we got week sicko. I mean zero. Um, we got some more preseason, of course, sadly. But really, I mean, although there's not much going on in the world of sports, there is a lot of news this week. So uh, excited to get into that. We'll start off with uh, uh, Shohei Otani. Um, I mean, I was drooling on him a few shows ago, and now it sucks because he tore his UCL. And if you're not a baseball guy, Torn UCL for a pitcher is basically like tearing your ACL or Achilles for a basketball player. Um, it's just a brutal injury. Um, they shut him down pitching for the year. Still, he'll still hit, but man, that that really sucks. Yeah, I guess so too. But I don't know what the MVP award is for that. Um, before I get too much for you know, um, apologies for missing an episode this week. Uh, by the way, to our listeners, um. We got caught up with some things, you know, wanted to make sure that we had enough content. You know, we don't think we had enough content. We didn't properly research. We did, we wanted to do the episode justice. So we're going to make it up uh, tonight and we're going to do our NFL coverage starting next week. I know we formally promised this week, but we're going to do that next week. And, uh, but yeah, getting back to the Otani issue. Uh, yeah, it's unfortunate for him. Uh, boo-hoo, he can't pitch anymore. I mean, it's not a career ender. Crimea River, you still won whatever the MVP award is this season. Um, congrats to you, unless that Seager guy decides to hit yeah. grand slams to win every single game from here on out. Um, I think it's it's Otani's, and yeah, I mean, I guess I guess I feel bad for him. I mean, I don't know. Um, it just you know, hope he gets better soon. Him. It kind of sucks for him being in a contract here like he is. Oh yeah, man, maybe. yeah, he may not get signed next season. Oh no, mm, no, he's definitely gonna get signed. Yeah, exactly. My point. He lost a lot of money. Not that, which wah, is a whole wah. other topic in itself. I mean, we're talking about like a three hundred, four hundred million dollar contract. I don't think losing thirty million dollars really hurts that bad. So, I mean, Austin Matthews just signed a four year contract for like thirty million dollars. So baseball pro- players can cry me a river for all I care. Wait, really? Yeah. Yeah, I know. That's crazy. A much more entertaining sport gets paid like 10% of what baseball players get paid to mm-hmm. get out, go out there. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. The only time I see baseball highlights is whenever there's fights, and there's fights like every single hockey game. So that's all I'll say about that. I will say Aaron Judge hit like three home runs. The yeah, other for the day, first time in his career, which is honestly, when I saw that, that was the first time in his career. I was, I was pretty shocked. I mean, the dude literally doesn't do anything but hit home runs. So, yeah, that's awesome. Surely the Yankees are like championship contenders. Oh yeah, surely they're not in last place. Surely, surely, yeah. Surely they have a squad around Aaron Judge, and he didn't just sign um, a long-term contract with them last year. Surely. Yeah, I know. Oh, God, never forgive MLB for taking over the TV screens. 
just to watch. Was it Aaron Judge hit a home yes. run? Oh, yes. That's so stupid. So stupid. Dude, you know, I mean, obviously I'm a big baseball fan, but God, dude, I don't care. I'm trying to watch college football. Get Aaron Judge off my screen. No, I mean, it's probably the stupidest thing I've ever, I've ever witnessed in sports. I got that's at least top three. I'd have to think really hard on what the stupidest thing I've ever seen is. Maybe the Florida player throwing a shoe down the field is up there. Or Florida current head coach taking a safety up three points. That maybe maybe like on purpose he ran from the he told his quarterback to run from the forty yard line to the end zone, waste time and just take a safety, up three points with like a minute and a half left. Maybe yeah, I'm not sure. There's not much. I'm thinking of a lot of things, but there's really not much that actually like tops that whole that whole home run fiasco. But um, I mean I get it in a sense like you know he's chasing history, it's cool and all, but like come on. Let's know our boundaries. Let's know our boundaries. Hmm. Yeah. I'll, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't get it. You know, it, 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 I guess it is. Like I said, I'm not really a baseball fan. So, I mean, it really was probably the stupidest thing I've ever seen. Not much. And I am it. a baseball fan and I hated it. So, <laughs> so that, that meme of the um, black guy and the white guy shaking hands. And you know what I mean? They're like, yes, the hands exactly. are like grasped together flexing that's us right now <laughs> yes, exactly Baseball i will say it, i don't I, I hate the yankees so in turn i hate aaron judge but maybe is that it cool, is it cool to, is it cool to hate the yankees or something no i just don't like them yeah it must be the popular thing to do bandwagon yeah probably so what's your favorite baseball team again the ashers oh yeah definitely bandwagon Anyways, I mean, I was an Astros fan when you know before they're banging trash cans. Exactly. (laughs) Before that's what they're known for. I'll say it proudly: they bang trash cans. They still won. Who cares? Still get that World Series trophy. I wonder why they won. Maybe it's because they bang trash cans and weirdos. And what's your point? Illegitimate. That's a that's a that's the equivalent to the bubble championship for the Lakers. Nah, 20 years from now, they'll just forget about it. I don't care. That's like that, uh, oh, man, who was that Who was that white dude for the Celtics? He said, like, Larry um, Bird. <laughs> no, he was playing in the finals. He said, like, I'll go home tell my children. I played five years from now. I'll tell them. No, no, no. It was five years from now. I'll go home tell my kids I played. Ten years from now, I'll tell them I was a starter. Fifteen years from now, I'll tell them I, uh, what was it? Maybe a one MVP or something? I don't know. When's the last time a white guy won MVP? No, no, no. MVP. Like, finals MVP. Oh. A white guy for the Celtics. Let's see. I'm looking it up. This should be a hoop grid zone column. White guy. White guy on team. Uh, the research skills are going well, huh? Well, there's for whatever reason, I said white guy, and they're pulling up Jalen Brown. So, 
Uh, yeah, his, I mean, his last namesake, um, he's definitely not white. I don't, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I think you. I think you're getting some details mixed up somewhere. No, I, I'm. I know. So it was... we'll we'll move on. We'll move on then. We'll anyway, I'll, I'll try yeah. to find it though. Yeah, or I mean, up to you. We'll, we'll stay on baseball. Um, I'm sure you've been keeping up with the news of uh, the Stephen A. versus Alonzo Ball drama. Um, mm. pretty pretty great stuff right there. I'm uh. I don't know what I guess I'm Team Lonzo. I really, I, I want to hate on Lonzo, but it's hard to. Maybe when he first got into the league, it was easy to. But now he's kind of like, he's the most sane ball, uh, family hey, member. You, you really don't even hear anything from him. Well, yeah, it's because he doesn't play. I mean, well, yeah, that is true. But even when he does play, it's not like. No, he's a I mean, good team player. He's about like, when he makes a good play or something. Yeah, he's a good team player. Has really good IQ. Mental health and all that. Yeah, and uh, I mean, you know, surely I I do think mental health is important. But I mean, okay, weirdo. Anyways, um, yeah, no, Lonzo Ball versus Stephen A. I'm Team Lonzo. Uh, but I mean, Stephen Stephen A's got some good. But apparently, Stephen A said his sources were Lonzo's doctor. You know, and then Lonzo's posting videos, you know, saying like I'm I'm not injured. I can sit I can sit up, you know, or like stand up and sit down perfectly fine. But um to Stephen A's point, it's like that's cool and all well now let's see you jump or something, you know. I don't think he said that, but I mean just kinda that's kinda what I'm thinking. It's like, okay, you proved him wrong, but that really wasn't his main point. His main point was that, you know, this dude is like you're still nowhere close to being healthy. That's why you're sitting out the whole next season. I mean, it was really announced last during last season that you're not going to play the whole next season, which, I mean, is kind of rare, you know. So, I don't know. Anyway, I do hope Lonzo gets better. I'm sure he'll come back, you know, stronger than ever. I know the Bulls are feeling a little finessed right now, but eh, maybe maybe that's the key piece they need. I don't think so, but that, that's about all I have to say about that. I don't know if um, you have any thoughts other than what I said, Peyton. Uh, no, I mean, I completely agree with you, Team Lonzo. I think Stephen A is completely out of line when he says things mm-hmm. 90% of the time. I mean, I mean, come on, bro. I, I, I get that his job is to get ratings and stuff, but, I mean, let's, let's turn it down a little bit, Stephen A. And now it's going to be him and Shannon Sharp together. That's And uh, that's Richard Sherman. Richard Sherman and Skip Bayless, which I cannot believe, considering uh, – Richard Sherman went on that show and told Skip Bayless that he's better at life than he is. Hey, it happens. I did find uh I did find it by the way. Okay, who said it? Brian Scalabrini. Scalabrini? Scalabrini, my bad. Yeah. It yeah, is. you need to learn these names. You need to learn your players. Come on. Come yeah, on, dude. You don't know ball. That was one Scalabrini. Oh, wait. A little bit of background. A reporter from Europe asked Scalabrini about not playing a single minute during the whole six games of the championship round. That was when Scalabrini said that time will pass and he will still be an NBA champion. And after that, after 30 years, he claimed to his kids that he was the finals MVP. Okay. That's. It was. There was more to it as well, but. 
Yeah, that's still such a weird thing to say. So I'm, I'm just not. I'm not going to waste any brain power towards that. No, I mean, so. I just I thought it was funny. I mean, it, it is, but it's more strange. It's more strange it, than it, funny yeah. to me. But... Which I also, I also, the uh, article I was reading that quoted him also said that he was hammered while, <laughs> while uh, giving the interview. So that makes a tad bit more sense. All right, well. So, yeah, there's that. Oh, uh, let's see. What else we got? I guess we can move on to the football side of things by starting with uh, Sam Darnold versus Trey Lance. Uh, the fall of Trey Lance continues. Yeah, um, almost kind of embarrassing for the 49ers. I mean, dude, I wouldn't have even announced that. <laughs> I mean, he's your first-round pick a few years ago. You're saying, oh, yeah, he's the next big thing, next big thing. And, I mean, he's just been nothing short of terrible. Since he stepped foot in the league, um, I mean, man, that's you lost out to Sam Darnold. Yeah, and chances are they probably were playing at the same level, but Trey Lance probably has a little bit more value to him than Sam Darnold. So I made smart on their end to try and trade Trey Lance over Sam Darnold. Um, but yeah, congratulations to Sam Darnold won the backup spot fair and square. And, you know, the whole Brock Purdy hype, you know, fails to live up to how he ended the season. Then they got, a you know, a uh, competent backup in Sam Darnold, who has plenty of starting experience. And he'll probably, you know, fit in seamlessly with the offense. But, yeah, I don't, know, I don't know what's in store. I mean, fair point. I don't know what's in store for Trey Lance. It'll be interesting. I know I think the Vikings were a team that were supposedly interested. But, um uh, I don't know. Maybe he goes to the Falcons, and him and Ritter can have competition. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see where he goes. And um, but I think you know, at the end of the day, 49ers, Unfortunately, yes, they uh, they're on the losing end of this deal, no matter what. Yeah, chance the best thing they'll probably be able to get is a fourth round pick out of this, which is insane for a quarterback who's going to be competing for a starting job, probably. But at the end of the day, like you said, you lost you lost out big time on this. He spent a first round pick, and you're essentially trading it for. At best, a fourth round pick wouldn't surprise me if it's like a combination of sixth and seventh rounders, you know, and like yes. maybe a maybe like a makeup player or something that eventually gets cut. But speaking well, of regardless, best trade value, trade Lance. Say high again? draft pick. Speaking of uh, bad trade value for high draft picks, Isaiah Smith, same thing. I mean, uh, Simmons, he got traded from the Cardinals today for little to nothing. Yeah, seventh rounder. Um, you I mean. You know, I mean, I guess smart move by the Cardinals, really. You know, you have someone on the last year of your contract that isn't going to stay with you at the end of the season. I mean, I guess, you know, in your middle of a rebuild, trade them away. Uh, I think they made like three trades today. As a matter of fact, um, kind of all similar situations. Just people that knew they weren't interested in being on the team. And like I said, you're in the midst of this huge rebuild. I mean, why not just gather these draft picks? Because thankfully in the NFL – I mean, sure, there's a talent gap between the first and seventh round, but, I mean, it's much easier to find diamonds in the rough in the NFL than any other sport, I think, as far as the draft is concerned, and even free agency. It's um, Yeah, I would agree with that. Because you have, your, obviously, your upper echelon of talent in the NFL always, but then it's like the mid- to bottom-tier players are almost like all equivalent. Like, you, like, I can think of, you know, half the players on each team – that you could swap with, like, you know, I don't, I, mean, I don't get what I'm, 
I get what I'm trying to say, but I can't really say what I'm trying to, what I'm tr- yeah, I can't really, I can't, basically, I think, you know, like I said, besides your upper echelon in the NFL, most of these players have the same talent level. Um, I mean, the only thing that made different is like work ethic or something like that, or IQ. So, I mean, like I said, gather your draft picks now. I don't think that's a bad move. Uh, get a bunch of young, hungry players, uh, you know, come next spring, fall camps. See who wants to play, you know, get your team back on the all ship, especially once Kyler Murray gets back. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they do. But, yeah, I say uh, Cardinals have made their intentions very clear this season. But speaking of staying on football, Jerry Judy also got carted off of practice at practice today. Uh, I believe it was a hamstring issue. Uh, I think the initial report's coming out saying he's going to miss several weeks, which is kind of what's what's expected of Jerry Judy any given season. Uh, he's far ahead of schedule here, though, taking the injury in the preseason for a change rather than the middle of the season. So he's getting his scheduled injury out of the way earlier than usual. Best of luck to him. I know he's like he's kind of had a he's a good receiver. Don't get me wrong, but he's kind of had a he's had he's had a really rough career just because he likes he gets injured every season. It's always like it's never a minor injury. It's always you know uh, almost an almost super major injury. I mean, it's no ACL tears or anything, but it's you know hamstring strain still ain't nothing to play with, especially being a wide receiver. Feel bad for him, but you know um, he'll get better soon, and like he'll have. And I said, it's not the Broncos are going to be powerhouses, unless I'm completely wrong, unless Sean Payton somehow turns that ship magically around. But I don't think Jerry Judy being gone is a detriment to himself or the team, really. Um, the Broncos are the Broncos. So, you know, you know, it's, it'd be different if, you know, Justin Jefferson got hurt for the Vikings. You know, Jerry Judy being hurt for the Broncos means pretty much next to nothing, you know, other than, you know, get well soon, Jerry. So, yep. I mean, it, kind of, it does suck um, having a guy with that much talent. He just hadn't he just hadn't worked out to this point, uh, just mostly due to injuries. Like you hit on, I mean, he's he is a good receiver when he's healthy, but he just man, mm-hmm. he just can't string together a full year. Yeah, I mean, hopefully he can soon. I mean, like I said, it's it's hard to it's it's hard to look at the past and not have you know use that as your judgment for the next seasons. As it already happened this season. Like the season ain't even started and already happened. So it's like, okay, you know. Like I said, at the end of the day, at least he's getting over with sooner than later in the season. Uh, yeah. They're not going wood. He doesn't get hurt again this man, season. Man, the thing you got to be concerned about is as those injuries do pile up, like, you know, you know how it shortens careers and stuff. So or shortens primes, really closes the windows of primes. Not saying he's necessarily in his prime yet, but. Still, just really, really bad, uh, bad luck for Jerry Judy. Um, obviously, as an LSU fan, womp, he comes from Bama, but uh, have a whole, whole lot of respect for Jerry Judy as a receiver. Hopefully, he can get it together. Well, let me rephrase that. I mean, he, it's not like he's in trouble, but his body needs to get things together. With the first round pick in the race draft, the Jew select Jerry Judy. Receiver, Alabama. You don't know that Chappelle skit? Yes. No? Yes, okay. Yes. Right, you see, you seem confused. All-time skit by Chappelle. No doubt. God, I love Dave Chappelle. Man. Anyways. Oh. 
<laughs> tell you plenty of people who don't probably about 90% of America don't like them. But yeah. yeah, whatever. I mean, I don't know. I think that dude's next level funny because he just doesn't care. Uh, I can respect him a little bit more. Anyways, um, staying on football, thankfully, you know, like you said, not a lot of football. Um, new documentary came out on HBO about <laughs> a school formerly known as Bishop Sycamore formerly known as Christians of Faith or something, or yes. uh, COF Academy. Uh, yeah, so that documentary is very interesting. If you haven't seen it already, I do. I beg you to go watch it. it is, it's very interesting to see, you know, the quote-unquote coach's point of view against the players, against the parents, against other coaches even, and against outside reporters and the videographers. It's a... Uh, Hey, like I said, it's very interesting. Their their coach Roy Johnson was a uh, was a I don't I don't know. I really don't I really don't know how to say. It. I mean, like I said, he's kind of a very wild man. Just the way he did things. Obviously, you know, he may say different, but everything he wanted to do was based off of one one thing and one thing only. Maybe two things: money and fame. And um, he did both. That's why I think during the whole documentary, he's smiling, he's having a good time. Because at the end of the day, he's doing exactly what he wanted to do you know, get himself in front of the cameras. Um, he may say he wanted to do it for the players too, but he didn't really care. He didn't really care about the players at all. You know, I mean, he's taking out loans in their names. Um, he's making them play through injuries, you know. Um, he's like, oh, we're going we, we to get, get you some tape. We're going to get you some tape. Um, I mean, he's putting, like I, say, he, like I say, he's taking loans out in their name. He's putting hotel names that he can't pay for under their names. So that way, you know, whenever they, whenever evictions happen, that's not under his name. It's under someone else's name. So, yeah, this dude, this dude did some pretty horrible things. He's uh, hitting his girlfriend in front of the players. Um, sheesh, yeah, this man was a, this man's a character. Uh, you know, sad thing is he has no remorse either. But a uh, good documentary. Go check it out. Um. Yeah, it's amazing how one guy can ruin a bunch of lives, especially for a bunch of young men. Um, yeah, it, it kind of makes me feel almost bad to watch the documentary and give this man fame after, like, I mean, at the end of the day, that's how he's going to take it. I mean, you watch the documentary, you know how unhinged this guy is. I mean, if you've ever seen The Boys, the show The Boys, he's literally Homelander in real life without superpowers. Mm. Well, let me... Let me rephrase that. He has con man superpowers. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's not like, I think they kind of hit on it a little bit. Like he's so bad that he's good at conning. Like he's such a bad liar. That's like, oh, nobody would lie about this. Like creating a new school. Oh, there's no laws against that. Cause like nobody would do that. Right. Right. Yeah, no, it's oh. funny. He more or less took advantage of just what wasn't there rather than what was there. So it was an interesting way. Like I said, I guess good for him. Um, you know, I mean, you play the system. Like I said, certain, pe- certain people think like that, and he did. Like I said, whenever, you know, money and fame control you like that, it, uh, it is what it is. Uh, like you said, it sucks that we have to talk about him, but like I said, it was a pretty good documentary. Like I said, really open, you know, other than, you know, before I watched the documentary, I th- honestly was going to watch the documentary. And like, <laughs> like, man, I can't wait to see these freaking, you know, 21-year-olds who were playing on the team you know, see, like, see what they have to say about, like, how they, how they suck, you know, but it turns out, you know, they're getting plays off of Madden, you know, their coach actually just doesn't care about them, none of the coaches do, so it was, um, 
not what I expected to see, but nonetheless, I'm happy I watched it. Um, really sucks that this, like I said, there's probably other uh, quote unquote academies out there that yeah, do the I mean, same thing. Just not not to that extent. He's probably the more on the more extreme side of how these things operate. But you know, point is, uh, he's going to do the same thing again. He even said at the end of the documentary he's going to be doing the same thing, just going to be under a different name. I assume. I doubt Bishop Sycamore is a real thing anymore. But, uh, you know, if that's his second or third try, he says he's going to stop at the fourth or third, you know, respectively. So, yeah, I mean, yeah really great documentary. Kind of, he hadn't faced any kind of consequences, really. Yeah, well, he, well, he I mean, does. He just, he, just ignores, he just ignores them. He just ignores yeah, the I mean, consequences, which is cares? just amazing. <laughs> what is it? He has like $300,000 worth of lawsuits against him. 30, 30 different, 30 separate lawsuits. Mm. 30 separate lawsuits against him. He just doesn't he care. Said, he said, oh, really? He said, oh. Okay. He said, oh. That's all you know about, though, pretty much. Yeah, he's probably he like, said, oh, he said, oh, that's all, that's all y'all are able to find? <laughs> that's it? I mean, you know, he, he <laughs> they asked him, how many lawsuits do you have against you? And he said, how many could y'all find? Yeah, I know it's... I said, very interesting. Like I said, this dude got what he wanted. He got the fame, got the notoriety, and um, you can tell by the players' reactions that uh, they did they didn't respect him as a coach. I think maybe like one or two of them kept calling him Coach Roy, and the other ones just called him Roy, which uh, just kind of goes to show, you know, it what they thought about him about his coaching ability. And they're like, uh... oh yeah, like oh, he's not really a coach. Like I said, they got their plays off of Madden, which is pretty funny. And he had he didn't care. He said, "I ain't the offense coordinator. I don't care. Mm-hmm. He ain't nothing." <laughs> and just that one clip of him on ESPN when he's going to get water, you could tell that he was just like fake. Yeah, he was like so, that uh, that Spanish guy coming out in that like golden black jacket. Mm. Man, I don't I don't know if you know that video. I mean, mm. I know you know what it is, but it's like uh, he like makes a face at the camera. Mm, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure what you're saying. What you're saying is not sounding familiar. Um, I'll look it up after the show. Just, just remind me. Put it down in the notes yeah. or something. We'll, we'll circle back to it once we get through recording. Because we have bigger and better things to move on. If you're through talking about BSI, yeah. All right. Um, actually, let's talk about this one last thing. Um, and then, well, I feel like if we talk about NCAA, then we gotta move in to the NCAA preview. I'd rather save that for last. Let's just go ahead and talk about Mason Smith. Um, it came out uh, today, the day we're recording, Thursday, I believe. Or was it the day before? Was it was it Wednesday yeah, it was, or Thursday? It was, it was Wednesday. Like, it was Wednesday? Wednesday night, yeah. Okay, they came out. He got suspended for only one game, the season opener against Florida State, because of um, violations that, you know, the NIL pretty much, you know, grants um, – you know, I guess no consequences for. But basically, I guess he uh, what he do he signed some signatures for profit. Uh, yeah, before he, before yeah, nil Kayshawn kicked in, Booty, about a week before it officially kicked in, he uh, him and uh, Keishon Booty were signing autographs for for money. Mm. Mm. Do the crime, pay the time. Yeah, do, sense, do the crime, but... do the time. Whatever the saying may be. Yeah, in a sense, but I feel like it was unjust to suspend him. Being that Kayshawn Booty was able to, he got suspended last year for a game, Kayshawn Booty, but he just used the game that he stepped away from 
um, when he had his child as the suspension. I don't think that's fair. Like yeah, you were should, already should, stepping away from the game. Yeah, no. Yeah, they should execute him. I mean, I Brian Kelly. Agree. Brian Kelly's in favor of execution. I agree. Yeah. Anyways, back to Mason Smith. Um. Yeah. Uh, to your point, I do agree. I guess, but I also see the side that. Uh, I guess I don't know how how long did Johnny Manziel get suspended for? Did he even get half, suspended? Half a game. Half a game. Oh wow! So the punishment doubled. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I, get, I, I, I hate to say it, but there's a huge difference between, you know, Mr. NCAA and Mason Smith. But mm-hmm. um, still, kind of kind of unfair if you think about it. Or, may, or maybe the rules had just changed since then, and maybe it was fair. But, you know, regardless, you know, at the time, you shouldn't have been doing that. Uh, sucks for you. You got caught. Now you got to, you know, not play a game. So, uh, you know, do I think <laughs> – I mean, could they have, you know, just not done anything? Absolutely. Uh, do I think they probably should have done anything? I don't think they should have because it's pointless. Like I said, like in this day, like I said, NIL is a thing now. Like, why why do you even care? It's not like this dude just made millions off of his own name, boo-hoo. Probably made like like thousands, if anything. Yeah. I mean, so, th- look, yes – he should have. He should have been smarter about it in the in the sense like shouldn't have done it until it became officially uh, legal. But the NCAA continues to be a joke. Honestly, I mean, mm-hmm. it, it really just doesn't fit the crime at this point. Like the the punishment does not fit the crime. You go on the weekend anywhere in Baton Rouge and you see LSU players signing autographs now for money. <laughs> I mean, what's the difference in that in two years ago? I mean, there is no difference other than, I guess, what rules were in place, which I guess is the difference, you know. Like I said, it sucks, yeah, the timing like said, of it. I get, so. it. I get it, but... Yeah, it's pointless. I mean, it really just doesn't make any sense. The, the punishment coming out now is just kind of what gets me, I guess. Like, if it would have been two years ago and they would have said, well, he was signing before it was officially legal, I get it. But it took two years to do this. Yeah, there's no way a whole investigation took that long. I mean, didn't, didn't you say Booty got suspended for the same thing? I don't know. Yeah, like said, yeah Booty time the game last year, but he had to sit out an entire year for injury. Like, look, I don't, I don't know that. I don't know. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, me neither. NCAA is a joke. That's all I know. I would, I would love if Brian Kelly just said "screw you, NCAA" and just rent, trotted him out there. Yeah, then LSU gets suspended. Just a whole yeah. team. Only walk-ons would be allowed to play their next game. Who's stopping them from coming out? Stopping who from? He doesn't make the rankings. That's fair. I mean, now you're thinking like Roy Johnson from Bishop Sycamore. I like it. I guess I am. Yeah. Dang. You're like, oh, 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 Osha, Osha ain't got nothing. On. I hate how he kept saying Osha. I know. Because because <laughs> it, that that it didn't even make sense because it was. It was O-H-S-A-A. He kept saying OSHA. Like, what? Are you like, are you stupid? Yeah. Oh, OSHA doesn't have any rules on high school football teams. Yeah, I wonder why. Maybe because they're a safety company. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, I don't think, I don't think he realized what he's saying. He said it about 10 times, dude. It was like the third time he said it, I was like on my knees, banging my fist on the ground, just begging him to stop. 
and OSHA, 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 OSHA. I was like, oh, dude, please. I know. I was please. more or less like listening to it in the vehicle today, and like when he when he kept saying it, I almost want, just wanted to drive my truck off the uh, <laughs> like, off the the twin span. Yeah. Yeah, I don't blame. Right I don't blame you. Train. I do not blame you, but um, yeah, poor Mason Smith. Um, he'll be missed for LSU in Week One, but yeah, I guess that is what it is. NCAA, you still continue to suck. That's why Reggie Bush is suing you. Um, hopefully Mason Smith does the same. Yep. Just. A really a massive loss for LSU, but we'll move on. We'll, we'll move on. Womp womp. Yep, womp womp. <laughs> yeah, we can uh, move on to UFC if you'd like. Yeah. That sound good? All right, a little by split decision. We can quickly run through some of these fights. Like I know we got to cover this and week zero for college football. So, uh, yeah, if you'd like, we can get started right now. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm good with it. All right. I don't. I don't know the exact. I was going off the app on my phone. I don't know if I have the right order or not of the fights. So, is the first fight Choi versus Aaron's? Yes. All right. Moving on to our by split decision, where me and Peyton give our predictions for UFC pay per views and fight nights. Uh, moving on to the Max Holloway versus Korean Zombie fight night which is going to be in Singapore. So, you know, if you're in the United States and you want to watch it, uh got to wake up early. I know it's like 5 a.m. Central time. So, um, yeah, you know, um, should be a really good card all around, actually. I think, you know, um, there will be a lot of uh, high level of competition. Let me let me put it like this. It's going to be a lot of competitive competitiveness in between fights. So I think most of the opponents are properly matched up. I think there's a couple of bad mismatches on this card. Oh. But, you know, it is what it is. Not every fight can be perfect. But uh, we'll move on to the first fight. Um, got uh, Sungwoo Choi versus John Aarons. Um, I do have the odds on here, too, by the way, via DraftKings uh, not too long, a few hours ago. So, But uh, obviously, odds are subject to change. Uh, Choi, a minus 155 favorite at Aaron's, a plus 130 underdog. Um, so, yeah, uh, long story short, I got Choi via decision. I can see this going either way, though. Because lately, Choi, he's uh, been getting knocked down uh, pretty often recently. Uh, his takedown defense is pretty suspect. But, um, you know, to his, you know, a good side of him, I should say, is that he has really good volume and power. I mean, he's no Max Holloway, but uh, like I said, the volume and power is something you want to see if someone who, um, you know, someone who gets knocked down pretty easily, you'd like them to be able to do the same to other people. And uh, he does do that. He has done that. He's knocked down uh, several people several times. Uh, and lucky for Choi, I don't think Aaron's doesn't have the best of volume or power. Uh, you know, Aaron's is going to be shooting for takedowns. Right, but uh, like I said, I think Choi's takedown defense has been steadily improving. It's not the best, but I think it's going to be enough to stop Aaron's um, attempts. So yeah, that's why I got uh, I got Choi via decision. Uh, I think it's going to be a close fight. Most of these are going to be close fights. I'm not. There's maybe two or three that I'm 100% confident in that I'd lay money on, but most of them I'm like, yeesh. You know, it's um, could definitely go either way. But uh, you know, it's no fun unless we put out predictions. So. Uh, those are my thoughts in the first fight. 
Yeah, so uh, obviously Choi's last lost his last three fights. Um, and uh, he's got a lot of power. And it seems to me like he has a lot of drive. He won't, like, he has a lot of heart, if you will. His technique just isn't <laughs> as good as Aaron's. Um, I know you're not quoting the freaking that rock song, the one he where he rapped. It's about drive. It's about power. The with the the rock. Yeah. No. Um, it's about Aaron, drive. It's though, about power. Yeah, we I stay hungry. Just, we devour. I, I think he's just gonna overwhelm Choi with uh, a lot of pressure. He's a high volume striker. He has a large gas tank. He hadn't been knocked out. Although he does lack on the defensive end, I think he does get it done against Choi. Um, I think it's, I mean, it's it's matched up well, but I think the level, the skill level of both of these fighters is exactly what you would expect from the first night fight of the night. It's it's just going to be a sloppy fight, but I do think Aaron's gets the win via decision. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think this is actually be a decently competitive fight. Um, no, yeah, I, I think they're they're very well they're very well matched up. I don't, uh, I wouldn't call them sloppy. I think, uh, like I said, they both have their strengths and weaknesses. Uh, Aaron's, I will disagree with you a little bit. I don't think he has the best volume. I think you're going to see Choi is probably going to be um, putting a little bit more volume out there than Aaron's. Uh, no, at least no. from the fights I've seen, I don't think uh, Aaron's has the best volume out there. No, but no, uh, I'm saying right now. Whatever I say is literally like a fact. I literally, I'm, I've never been wrong in my life. Fair enough. Fair like enough. Even, like even when I had COVID, or let me rephrase mm-hmm. that, when I tested positive for COVID, I said no, I didn't, and they said okay, yeah, you're right. You said, oh. yeah, now that you mention it, now that you mention it, your body fights off COVID like we've never mm-hmm. seen before. <laughs> it's amazing, but yeah, it should be. I think it should be a good fight, and um. I think it's actually a pretty good fight to start off the card. I think uh, there's there's probably a few fights on here a lot worse than this one will be. Um, you know, once again, I'm not the biggest fan of Aaron's, but I think you know I think it's going to be a good fight. Uh, I'm not sure if someone's yeah, like going to get starched. It's definitely going to be Choi. But um, yeah, yeah, I definitely got this fight going the distance. I think Choi's going to, you know, hopefully survive. Uh, he's been he's been really weird lately. He's I mean he was I mean super solid when he first came to the UFC and then. He's on this like weird three fight skid where it's just yeah. it's just strange the way the way Man, he's kind like of falling off. But I think Aaron's is a good opponent for him. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, should I have to look and see? I'll jog my memory. But you know, speaking of other fights on this card, we can move on to the next one, which will be which will probably no. This won't be the least interesting fight on the card. I think there's. I think there's a couple other other sicko fights, but uh, yeah, uh, Nali Yang, a uh, plus plus three ninety underdog versus JJ Aldrich, a uh, minus five twenty favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, women's MMA, uh, obviously a super lopsided fight as far as the odds are concerned. Um, yeah, in the uh, I mean, Nali Yang is is strange. Uh. Yeah, this this just isn't a good matchup for. Uh, I'm a big Aldrich fan. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously she hasn't looked the best in her past two fights. Uh, I mean, Blanche. I think a loss to Blanchfield is nothing to hang your head about. But I think having a unanimous decision loss against Lipsky probably isn't the best look. Um, a fight that you probably should have won. But uh, now you're coming into a fight that is 
you know, heavily in your favor. And, you know, I think you'll probably do justice if you're J.J. Aldrich. Um, I don't, you know, Aldrich doesn't have, you know, power or great volume. But to her advantage, Liang has probably the worst gas tank you'll see in a women's MMA fighter. Uh, she's maybe got two minutes, three minutes in her. So, you know, obviously, if you're JJ, yeah, if you're JJ Aldrich, you got maybe you you get to survive the first you the first half of the first round, and then after that, it's um it's all yours. Um, I, it went I mean, last fight I remember seeing now Liang, uh, I believe it was the last fight, but I mean she I mean I think what happened. Her corner could her corner couldn't come to the fight for some reason or another. They got held back by you know by customs, I believe. Uh, regardless, uh, the Korean zombie was there and was able to like be her corner for. But I think after the first, maybe the second round. I mean, Lee, I mean, like the fight, she was like on the ground, right? And she's but she's just not getting up. And it's and like Korean zombie had to get in there and like drag her to the corner. And the refs looking at her the whole time, like, mm, you know, like, mm, I, 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 it's probably in my best interest to stop this fight. He didn't, and she ended up getting knocked out soon thereafter. So, uh, yeah, more of the story is, uh, yeah, terrible gas tank. I don't see how she wins this fight going against uh, Aldrich, who, like I said, is not known for her power or anything. But it wouldn't surprise me if, you know, hope maybe this time the fight does get stopped. Actually, I take that back. It's Singapore. I think the judges and the refs are going to want to see this through, uh, you know, even if that means a death to Liang. So, um, yeah, give me Aldrich by decision. Yep. Um, so I do have Aldrich winning. I have her winning by second round TKO, I think, from ground to pound. Um, Liang. Dude, she, that, like, this is what I'm saying, dude. She started in the UFC on a five-white win streak. Um, let me rephrase that. She entered the UFC riding a five-fight win streak, and she hadn't won since. Um, she's... Basically, armbar bust. If she doesn't get the armbar, it's over for her. And she hadn't, she wouldn't, she hasn't even been able to put away poor grapplers in her previous fights. Um, Aldrich is just going to neutralize the grappling. Um, it's going to be a rebound fight for her. She's way more technical than Liang. Aldrich bust second round TKO. Yeah, it and should I don't be. Think it's gonna be close, just like yeah, that. I yeah, I, just, I don't think it's gonna be close either. I think, unfortunately, for Liang, and uh, I think she's got some serious knockout power. I think she's um, knocked knocked out. I, I'm going. I'm just gonna take a wild guess. I think every single knockout she has, I don't know how many she has, but they probably all come in the first round. Um, and also to that point, she's probably probably anything she's got probably is coming in the first round. I don't see, you know. Uh, it's it's her. She's weird. She's weird. I mean, it's first round or nothing for her. So, like I said, it wouldn't surprise me to see her get knocked out. But after seeing the last fight, I'm just going to guess that the judges really want to drag this out. Then Liang's going to be, you know, mincemeat, but she's still going to be standing in there. So, yeah, should be a um, good fight for Aldridge. Definitely, a, like you said, a good bounce back. This is UFC feeding a, a victim to her. Uh, moving on to the third prelim of the night, we got Billy Goff, a plus one fourteen underdog, going up against Yusaku Kinoshita, uh, minus one thirty five favorite. Uh, very close fight as far as the odds are concerned. Uh, let me get this pulled up in Tapology really quick. But uh, yeah, very close fight as far as the odds are concerned. Uh, uh, I think this is going to be a uh, I think this is going to be one of those fights that should be very interesting. Um, should be a close fight because uh, I think 
I mean, I say close. I think it's going to be an entertaining fight because I think one way or another, someone's going to get uh, their lights shut out. Um, <laughs> I think this fight does not go the distance. Um, Billy Goff, uh, he's 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 kind of weird, uh, just like last week. Uh, I know we were talking about uh, Vera uh, in the first round. He's just very weird. Uh, never wins the first round. Uh, Goff is the same way, except Goff is uh, even more sketchy. He's getting... I mean, knocked down. He's getting hurt bad, wobbling. Uh, looks like he's lost. Um, and he has. He, I mean, his. It's weird because after the first round, he's fine. So I wouldn't say his chin is god awful, but it sure is questionable because it's it's like it's like he gets stunned, but he recovers better than anyone I've seen. And I mean, all of his wins are like come from behind. And man, it is. Um, it's fun. It's fun to watch this guy fight. Uh, uh, as far as Kinoshita is concerned, I know he lost. Um, he lost recently against someone I forgot who, but uh, someone he should have knocked out. But then he got knocked out instead. But uh, Kinoshita has great power. Uh, he's probably going to be the hardest hitter that Golf has had to face, which is bad news for Golf because uh, you know, like I said, I mean, you know, the first round he's he's getting rocked, and um, you know, he just he just comes forward. I think he even said in an interview. I think he uh, he plans to try and take Kinoshita down. I don't think that's going to happen. I think you know this is going to be you know stand and bang by both of them. I think both of them are going to go forward and um you know it's probably not going to be pretty. It's going to be like two eighteen wheelers running head on to each other. Uh, like I said, one way or another, this someone uh, someone's getting finished, and um I want to have uh, golf finishing Kinoshita. Uh, give me some underdog action here. I got golf by knockout. Uh, I'm not sure what round. Um, like I said either way, someone gets knocked out. And uh, I'm just going to say, you know, Goff is going to, you know, have another one of his spectacular fights where he just, you know, he gets rocked by Kinoshita and he gets rocked bad. Like I said, most powerful fighter he's played, he's faced, but all of a sudden just comes out of nowhere and just comes back and knocks Kinoshita out. Um, so, yeah, uh, give me Goff being a knockout. Not too confident in it, but um, I just like the prospect of him coming back and getting yet another win via, you know, how did you do that knockout? Yeah, I disagree with your uh, your prediction, but I do agree with a lot of what you said about the, the two of them. Um, I do think one thing that could pose trouble for Kinoshita is Goff ha- does have a solid wrestling game. I'm not saying it's great, but it's it's solid. Um, because Kinoshita was a heavy favorite in his last fight, and he got finished on the ground by an okay wrestler. Um but like you said, Goff is going to get hurt early in the fight. I think Kinoshita is going to finish him in the first. Uh, once he hurts him, I think he's going to finish him. He has more. He's he's got the tools to be a legitimate uh, a legitimate guy in the division. I think. Oh, um, yeah, no, Kinoshita is um Kinoshita is legit, and um, you know, I think it's. You know, like I, said, I think it's in it's in his benefit that he's a very he's very powerful for the welterweight division. Um, and like I say, golf has yet to fight anyone as powerful as Kinoshita. And I said, I mean, I don't know. Like I said, it's it's weird because like the last fight wasn't pretty. But like I said, Kinoshita, I think, still is the better fighter. You know, I hate to call fights fight results flukes. That's almost what it felt like. But oh, um, yeah. no, I mean, you can definitely say that. I- I don't mean to call Leon Edwards beating Usman a fluke, but the, in the first fight, it was a fluke. I mean, he landed one head kick. Granted, he set it up beautifully, but a lot of things have to go right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then on top of this, you know, Billy Goff has to, 
had to travel to Singapore on top of doing a weight cut. So, I mean, you know, you don't really know how these things affect fighters. Uh, I didn't catch, I know the weigh-ins already happened because I guess it's starting yeah. at a weird time. So it's, I say starting at a weird time for them, you know, they probably weighed in normally, but to us, I get, I got the weigh-in. I'm getting tweet, tweet, no, Twitter notifications uh, saying that the weigh-in results are in, but I haven't, like I said, seen them. It's just kind of weird. But, um, yeah, it should be a very fun fight. Like I said, if uh, golf is going to go down, it's going to be in the first round, like every other fight. And um, I said, Kinoshita probably has the best chance out of anyone golf has faced to actually shut the lights out completely rather than, like, leaving the light switch, like, halfway down, you know? Yep. So, um, should that's be what, a fun one to watch. That's not why I have Kinoshita winning, Kinoshita winning in the uh, first by TKO, of course. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, um, move on to yet another prelim. Uh, Kinnan Song, a plus 240 underdog going up against Rolando Bedoya, a uh, minus 298 favorite, uh, obviously as the odds imply. Uh, kind of a decent-sized gap right there as far as, um, you know, what odds makers thinks, think is going to happen here. And, uh, yeah, I'm with them. I'm uh, completely with them. Uh, Bedoya, fun to watch. Um yeah, I mean, I I'm not sure he has he knows what striking defense is. Uh, he's one of the guys who just takes hits and just smiles at you. Um, he's got you know Max Holloway type toughness. Um, you know, he's young. He hasn't been knocked out. He's not going to be knocked out. Uh, I don't think anytime soon. Like I said, he's got age on his side. And uh, is the dude an idiot? Sure. Um, but like I said. Uh, he uh he's not gonna get knocked out, and then on top of that, he himself um has great power, and uh you know he fought uh chaos. Uh, let me see. Yeah, yeah, he fought he fought chaos, and uh yeah, that was a close fight. That was a close fight. That wasn't too long ago, actually. Um, you know that fight could have gone either way. I believe it was a split decision. You go figure the judges, but um yeah, you know he actually against chaos Williams, he actually did really well. I was very impressed. Um, on the flip side, Keenan Song. We're calling that a robbery, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure. Like, but like I mean, I was I was impressed. I'm a big chaos fan, so I'm not gonna oh, um too. say one way or the other. But um, I do love Bedoya too. But uh, anyways, Keenan Song. Um, I said he's getting older. He's getting up there. I think he's like in his lower thirties now, like 32, 33, 34, somewhere around there. Um, so yeah, he's higher in age. Uh, like I said, Bedoya. Very tough chin. Uh, even though Song has decent power, he's not going to be knocking out Bedoya. So, you know, there goes one method of victory. Um, you're not going to be submitting Bedoya. Uh, and on top of that, you know, you look at Song's recent results, uh, uh, what's happening? He's getting knocked out. That's what's happening. Um, you know, that's the last thing you want to be, you know, be having happen to you as you're getting older in a, you know, division full of not powerhouses, but powerful people. And now you're going up against someone who is, you know, I mentioned earlier, you know, 18-wheelers. But um, I guess this dude's more of a tank. He just doesn't care what's in front of him. He just, you know, always advances. I say, you're going to hit him. He's just going to smile back at you and just hit you like twice as hard. So, yeah, give me Bedoya by, I want to say, second-round knockout. I'm just, yeah, second-round second knockout. Why not? I think Bedoya probably gets it done. I don't know what round, but it's going to be a knockout. And it's uh, Song's going to be getting frustrated in there. And Bedoya's going to see his opportunity and take advantage of it. Yeah, and uh, wait, is it Keenan versus Bedoya? Keenan Song versus Rolando Bedoya. Oh, God, I, I had just, my bad, I thought that was his love. Keenan Thompson? 
No, well, you know, it's it's weird. Yeah, it's weird yeah. for them because you know it's really Song Kinan or something like that. You know, but, right? But I think they do because they read for from us right to left. Yes, but like so, for us, yeah. it's just Keenan Song. Yeah. So you throw you saying Song just kind of threw me off for a second. I'm sorry. Um. So I do think Song. He stands a chance. I mean, got a really good finish rate and a very balanced finish rate at that. He has nine knockouts, eight submissions. Obviously balanced there. Um, he almost finished Ian Gary. Uh, would have shocked the world had he done it, but he almost finished Ian Gary back in March. However, I I don't think he beats Bedoya. Um, Bedoya is still a work in progress, of course, but he's getting there. Uh, defense is is lacking, but like you said, he has a super, super, super solid chin. I mean, he survived a lot of punishment from KS Williams. Um, and he has a ridiculous cardio advantage over um, Song. So, I do have the fight going to decision. I think um, – oh, I'm sorry. I think Bedoya does end up winning by decision. Yep, should be a good fight. And like I said, I, mean, I hate – you know, I'd hate for any of these fights to go to decision because, unfortunately, like I said, you're in a specific area of the world going up against a specific fighter. Um, you know, it's gonna be you're you're gonna have the fingers crossed, uh, everything crossed really that you know hometown favorites don't just pull away here with these. Um, yeah. I mean, it's not gonna shock me if there's gonna be some robberies here, but I do think this is uh, one of the few cards in the year where like almost every fight, almost every fight is liable for a finish one way or another. But um, yeah, uh, I think yeah, regardless, Bedoya is gonna be laying the more powerful shots, so. Um, yeah, it should be look better in the judges' size as well. So, uh, moving on to our next prelim, I believe we're still on the prelims, right? Where are we at? We are on the fifth prelim. Yep, fifth prelim. Um, yeah, we got. Let me go back to it so I can see the odds. Uh, we got Chidi and Jaquani uh, minus one hundred eight. Uh, you know, this is really a pick 'em, so I'm not gonna say favorite or underdog. Yeah, he's a slight underdog for what it for what it counts. Uh, going up against Mikhail Alexi, Alexi, let me see, Alexi Zek, yep, minus one twelve. Uh, it's a pick em for good reason. Um, yeah. So we look back at Chidi's uh, past fights. Um, you know, obviously two fight skid for what that's worth. Um, but before that, you know, he was looking, he was looking excellent. Uh, and I mean, even in the Rodriguez fight, he had his, um, he had his moments. He ended up losing that fight. But then his most recent fight going up against Darayev, I mean, he looked he looked like dog water. Um, he didn't look anywhere like himself. Like it, it just looked like you know one of those fights where you just show up for the check. I don't know if like something happened between weigh-ins and the fight, and he just like that's a straight up wasn't feeling himself. But it is what it is. Um, on the flip side, Mikal he's moving down a weight class. Last I checked, um, great volume, great volume. He does an excellent job mixing it up. And uh, on top of that, he has a great chin. Uh, just kind of like Bedoya, he just he all all he knows how to do is just move forward. He uh, holds forward on the joystick, and mixes it up very well. It gets you in the head, gets you in the body, and like I said, he's gonna have a great chin. Um, thankfully, I think this is gonna be another banger. I think I doubt either of these fighters are gonna look for takedowns. You know, neither one of them are takedown masters. Uh, someone someone's gonna get their lights shut out, and. It's hard, you know, I hate to, I rarely do this, but I hate to look at this from a physique standpoint, but I'm going to because, um, you know, looking at topology, 
Uh, Mikhail says he is six foot. That that's that's not right. Um, you know, uh, I don't know. I don't know who measured his height. I don't know. That must have been like self-reported or something, because that's not right. Um, he's probably shorter than me. He's probably like five ten, five eleven, at at most. And like I said, you're going down a weight class on top of this. Uh, I don't know. Kind of weird. Uh, but like I said, I'm going to look at this from a physique standpoint and give me the guy who has a six inch reach advantage and probably he's going to have a half a foot. Um, height advantage. Um, like Chidi's going to be towering over McCall. Um, and like I say, even though Chidi's, I, I say, I hate to, oh God, the last fight was so bad. His last fight was so bad. But I'm going to take him to win here against McCall. Um, it's strictly just based on physique. I see this fight going either way. Um, I think regardless, I doubt, I doubt this goes the distance. Uh, like I said, someone's getting starched. And uh, I'm going to be on the guy who is a, uh, who's going to look like a monster in the octagon. So uh, give me Chidi via knockout in the first round. Yeah, um, it's it's kind of interesting. Alexi, check. Um, dude, I, I feel like this on paper, really the fight shouldn't even be close. I, I think Alexi, check, has some kind of some troubles with – I don't even know if he like his drive, his determination with being in the UFC. I don't know that he – necessarily wants to fight anymore. Uh, it almost seems like he gave up in that last fight, like you kind of hit on earlier. Um, but, dude, I mean, he has ridiculous knockout power. 13 out of his 14 stoppages have come via KO. He's 18 and 6, and he has 14 stoppages. Dude's good, man. Like, he, he's, he's a very good fighter, but, dude, like I said, his his heart is, is the – his drive it can be questioned. Wait, oh no, I'm, I'm oh no, I'm I'm uh, reading about it. Yeah, I was about to say, I didn't I didn't want to interrupt you, but yeah, I was talking about Cheedy earlier. Uh, his yeah. last fight, no, I'm reading about Cheedy. Yeah, that's I'm sorry, I was I had him sw- swapped up. I'm sorry. Unbelievable. Um, yeah, I know. So in Cheedy, he's lost his last two, but he is much bigger. But like I just said, his heart can be questioned. Uh, Alexi check. He is susceptible to submissions. However, I don't think that's necessarily going to be a thing to watch for here in this fight. But, um, man, I don't know. This, Like I said, this fight really shouldn't be close on paper. But, and Chidi's power, his pressure could really, really trouble. Uh, and no, 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 I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yes, no, his pressure could... Dude, these names are throwing me off too. Alessi checks power I and mean, pressure could irritate and cheaty. And I think that's why the fight in on uh on, like the odds are is kind of close. Plus, like you said, and cheaty just looked terrible in his last fight. Yeah, uh Chidi's, uh yeah, like I said, definitely uh definitely a little sketched out. The odds it should be a lot bigger than this. If Chidi had showed up his last fight, but I think since he didn't, I think people are kind of banking on that. I think that's why the odds are also – I'm not sure what the odds opened up as. I have a feeling Chidi may have been a favorite, um, or maybe not. What do I know? But, uh, yeah, I think McCall – they both have they both have their roster win. Like I said, I think someone's getting knocked out. Um, I mean, you could seriously flip a coin between these two. <laughs> so yeah, it's going to be a fun fight to watch. Like I said, I I'm, just, I'm literally just taking – yeah, I'm literally just taking the guy who's taller and has a bigger reach. Um, like I said, he's not going to put more pressure on Mikhail than Mikhail's going to put on Chidi. But I, I, I don't know. Like I said, just give me the guy who has a bigger reach, I guess. I mean, I don't know. 
I'm, I'm just, I just know I'm going to like watching it. Yep. Absolutely. It's going to be a banger. Mm, and speaking of bangers, we have Ooh, yeah. one that should be fun to watch. Uh, let me get pulled up on topology. I mean, this should be almost, this should almost be on the main card. Um, well, I think I know why it's not on the main card, but anyways, uh, moving on to another prelim, uh, Toshiyami Kazama, a uh, plus 136 dog going up against Garrett Armfield, minus 162 favorite. So odds are pretty close here. Um, you know, take a look back at, uh, Kazama's past performances. Um, hey, he's looking, I mean, he's looking pretty good. Three and two in his last five, uh, you lose against Nakamura via knockout. Uh, no shame in that. No shame whatsoever. Uh, Nakamura is uh, he's going to quickly rise through his division and do his thing. Um, but that's that's beyond the point. Um, I think, like I said, Kazama had a tough debut opponent, debut opponent. So I guess that's I guess that's making him look a little bit bad. But beyond that, I think he has good. Uh, Good ground game, great wrestling. I think he's going to be very dangerous on the mat. And to his advantage, Garrett Armfield sucks on the mat. Um, and he, he loves getting taken down for some reason. I say he loves it mainly just because he can't defend takedowns. I'm not sure if he actually likes it or not because, um, like I said, I think most of his losses come by submission. Uh, sucks for you going up against someone who has, uh, you know, good submission offense, uh, great on the mat, loves to be on the mat. Um also, to your advantage, though, like I said, Kazama getting starched in his last fight is a good look for you because, as Garrett Armfield, um, you're pretty powerful, but your volume is concerned. Um, you know, I wish you had, I wish Armfield had a little bit higher volume, and I probably would have chosen to win, but since he doesn't, I'm going to have Kazama taking him down. Um, I'm not sure how much he's going to take him down, but I think he's, I mean, unless Armfield is like, significantly improved, I just didn't realize it. Uh, I think Kazama's is going to get takedowns whenever he wants. I predict him landing probably, you know, 60, 70% of his takedowns, and he's going to find a submission in one of those. So uh, give me Kazama via submission as an underdog in round three. Give me the third round submission. Yeah, I agree with literally everything you said. I know Kazama has a pretty unique style. Um can be a good thing and a bad thing at times, but uh, yeah, he has a legitimate submission game that like you hit on. And Armfield's biggest weakness is his wrestling. And he got, I mean, last fight, he got manhandled by a pure striker on the mat. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't see this going well for, for Armfield. I know he has some power to back it up. I know he's a favorite, but I do have Kazama by a first round submission. Yeah, like I said, the odds are a little weird here. I, mean, I guess I see the knockout power. I, I see why Armfield is at an advantage, but I mean, like I said, he's no. Um, uh, he's no Nakamura, I guess I'll say that, and uh, that's and that which is who Kazama get lost by knockout too. So, yeah. Uh, anyways, moving on to uh, the first of our couple heavyweight prelims here, uh, we got Waldo Cortez Acosta a minus two thirty eight favorite going up against Luca Breski. Uh, I'm sorry, Lucas Breski, a plus one ninety five dog. Luca Brossi. Uh, yeah, the Luca Brossi tapes. Um, and, you know. First looked up Luca Breski, and I was I was impressed because you know the pictures that are popping up of him. This dude is and this dude's massive, and I'm like, oh, I'm like, I've never heard of this dude, and um, 
Yeah, sure enough, he was doping. Um, so that's why he looked massive. And, you know, they took away they took away the one win he had. Like, I think he won by submission in the contender series. And then they said, ah, uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, you can't do PEDs, buddy. And uh, ever since then, they took his win away. I think they like, counted as a no contest or a draw or something. And now he hasn't won since then. Granted, he's only had two fights since then. Um, decently active. Um, so, you know, what's going wrong with him? Um, his stamina, I think, is a big issue. And uh, you know me, I, I hate I hate choosing someone who has stamina issues. It's yeah. um, And it's weird because he's one of the few people who can actually power through his, his issues. But, I mean, man, he just he looks like crap out there. If I'm a judge and I'm seeing that, I'm like, mm, I'm, I'm not impressed. I don't care who you're going up against. I'm not impressed by it. Uh, but to his advantage, um, you know, even though he looks like a, a stereotypical heavyweight now, not this jacked, you know, you know, thing of beauty, um, he's good all around. I don't necessarily hate the guy. I think he's a good wrestler. But uh, you're going up against WCA. Uh, Cortez Acosta, um, I don't know. Hitting his prom, I don't know. I know a lot of people love this guy. And uh, you lose against DeLima. And I think, you know, the game plan for DeLima was pretty clear because you have a pretty big hole in your game, and that's defending leg kicks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can't defend takedowns either. Uh, your ground game sucks, you know. Uh, well, I'd say it sucks, but, you know, your, your ground game isn't where it should be. Uh, granted, you're a heavyweight, so I mean, is the ground game really a huge concern? I mean, against some fighters it is, others it isn't. I think this is a fight where you shouldn't be concerned. Uh, I think just because Waldo is going to have the better stamina, uh, he's just going to look a lot better uh, round, around, around. So I have him winning 30-27, uh, unanimous decision. Uh, yeah, give me Waldo Cortez Acosta via decision. Um could a robbery happen? Sure, because this is this is my uh, this is my sicko fight of the night. By the way, I have it, I have a special little sticker on it, mm-hmm. the sicko fight. Um, yeah, I hate and it's a heavyweights man hit or miss, and this is definitely gonna be one of those miss fights where I you know I don't mind. I'm not gonna mind you know, waking up early for this card. I'm gonna definitely take a nap during this fight probably. So, um, but yeah, give me Cortez Acosta via decision against Lucas. Yep, uh, has the same thing. Cortez Acosta via decision. Uh, I guess again, do we we must be having the same scouting reports and everything? Because I mean, not that it's it's difficult because the lineman <laughs> chewed this dude's legs up, but again, that is his the biggest hole in his game. Um, you know, if if Bresky is smart, he's just gonna chew up his legs. But for Bresky. You just can't trust him in a fight. Sometimes he's a little, uh, I don't know. He just doesn't do some. Sometimes, like, what you think is obvious, he's going to do the opposite. So I just don't trust him. I don't trust him to chew up Cortez Acosta's legs. And I do think Cortez Acosta is a little bit of a better striker. He's a little bit more polished. So that's not saying much. Hmm. Yeah, for sure. So you got WCA via, uh, via decision as well? Yeah. Yes. All right, cool. All right, moving on to another heavyweight fight. Uh, should be a little bit more competitive. Uh, we got Junior Taffa, a minus one forty-two favorite, going up against Parker Porter, plus one twenty dog. Um, yeah. Dog so, and... yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh man, 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 man. Um, yeah, I'm not 
another heavyweight fight that sadly I'm not really looking forward to. I know Parker Porter's got a huge fan base behind him. He's got his own fan club and everything. I like the guy too. Um, also like Junior Taffa. Uh, shoot. Um, yeah. Taffa has a pretty big hole in his game. Uh, we saw it against Usman. I'm sorry. Let me be clear here. Uh, Muhammad Usman. Yeah, um, good heavy, yeah, heavyweights here. Um, you know, we're talking about holes in people's games, uh, staying on that track. Uh, Junior Taffa, uh, this dude's ground game, takedown defense, uh, non-existent. I, I, I'm not sure he's trained it a single day in his life. Uh, I mean, you know, maybe he changed, yeah, you know, when he first got into MMA, he like trained it for a day. He's like, oh, no, I just want to focus on my power. And I was like, okay, that's cool and all, bro. Like I said, heavyweight division, you know, uh, who am I to say that you really need to have a good ground game or takedown defense to survive in that division? You really don't have to, but it's good to have. Um, unfortunately for Tafa, he doesn't have it. But like it uh, kind of touched on earlier, uh, to your advantage, you, I mean, you have uh, some of the best power in the division. You have some of the best uh, boxing, kickboxing in the division. Uh, and you also have a very durable chin. Uh, you know, those are all three pretty big check marks you want to check off if you're in the heavyweight division. And on the Porter side, um, you know, unfortunately he doesn't uh, he doesn't really check any of those boxes. Um, his stand-up game not too hot. Doesn't he looks sloppy out there? Um, he's more of a you know takedown or bust kind of guy. I, I say or bust, but he he's definitely going to be looking for takedowns. And uh, yeah, he can probably get him against Tafa, but uh, I'm going to have. I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna say they're gonna stand up on the feet longer than Porter's gonna be comfortable for. Tafa's gonna catch Porter. I got Tafa winning via knockout in the first round because uh, I know I didn't mention it. I don't, I don't even think it needs to be said, but Porter has a god awful chin. Um, I mean it's it's terrible. I think like every like I said every loss he has has been by finish, and I think Tafa is gonna be able to get a finish here. So uh, yeah, Tafa via knockout first round. Yep. Um. Agree with pretty much everything you said. Power puncher for Tafa. He's either going to finish Porter earlier, or Porter's going to drag him on the ground and beat him up on the ground and win, but I don't see that happening. Uh, Porter, though, is decently skilled for a heavyweight. I just don't see it mattering. Tafa's going to knock him out quick. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, like I said, heavyweight division. Like I said, there's certain check boxes you want to check. Uh, Porter doesn't hit him. Tafa does, so I'm going to go. And I know the odds are pretty close on him, and I, I, I guess I can see why. But um, I, I think Tafa's going to catch Porter in there. And um, like I said, hopefully Tafa learned against his last fight against Usman uh, what to do, what to work on. And I said, maybe he we'll see. We'll see improvements. If I'm uh, not mistaken, I think he's decently – I don't know his age, actually, so I'm not going to speak on it. But uh, I'm going to say he hasn't hit his prime yet. He's still, you know, learning on the fly, doing his thing. But – uh. Moving on to another main card. I didn't mention it, but that last fight, I believe, was the beginning of our main card. So we're on the main card now. You know, it's probably around 7 a.m. You're still groggy. But uh, we actually have an entertaining women's MMA fight. Uh, you know, believe your eyes. Uh, Blanchfield, minus 148 favorite, going up against Tali Santos, a plus 124 dog. Um, yeah, so this is a flyweight division. Uh, it's going to be so. This is, like I said, I mean, hate to say I'm looking forward to a women's MMA fight. But uh, man, this is actually I think most people will probably agree, you know, this is this is like, you know, the the fan fight of the night, which is like crazy to say, but I mean women's women's MMA, you know, it's not usually not competitive, but this one's gonna be very competitive. Um people are gonna be making their sides clear. 
Uh, I know. I think everyone's probably like a fan of both of these fighters, but you got to plant your flag somewhere as a, um, you know, as a predictor. Um, long story short, I'm going to pre- uh, plant my flag on the Blanchfield side. I know a lot of people are, but um, am I confident in the decision? Absolutely not, because I think both of these fighters have very similar. I'm sorry, very similar skill sets. Um, I think Blanchfield's going to be an eventual champion in this division. I have high hopes for her. I mean, I do Santos, too. And uh, obviously, everyone knows her stocks are flying up because of her uh, last fight against Shevchenko, where, you know, everyone – and I probably agree with everyone that she probably should have won. Uh, granted, that was a year ago. So, you know, what have you done since then? We haven't seen you fight in a while. Um, you know, I think Blanchfield could probably be Shevchenko, too. So, I mean, I'm not saying, you know, Shevchenko is the benchmark to set here. Um, to determine if you're a good fighter or not. Because, like I said, I think Blanchfield would probably be her, just like Santos probably should have be her. Um, I'll take that, but, you know, I'll reword it. Santos, I believe, did be her. Judges didn't think so. Anyways, um, like I said, it's been a while since we've seen her fight. Uh, you know, give me Blanchfield. She's a little bit more active. Um, I have higher hopes for her. Like I said, I'm not – I mean, she's she's improving every single fight I watch. I watch of her. And – um. You know, still very young, very, I mean, 24 years old and just like flying through the division. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go with the, uh, I'm going to plant my flag on the Blanchfield hype train. So, give me Blanchfield via decision. Yeah, um, it is super, super uh, exciting fight. Um, like you said, not often that we get to say that about women's uh, fighting. But, again, agree with most of everything you said. Blanchfield would be a decision as my pick as well. Nice, nice. Okay, and uh, move on. I'm not going to – this isn't a sicko fight of the night. It's, it's the sickos of this fight are the people who made this fight. Um, Rinya Nakamura, minus 800 favorites versus Fernie Garcia, plus 550 dog. Who? Um, Garcia, man. Uh, unfortunately – this is one of those fights that the UFC makes in order to make another fighter look good. Um, and I think obviously the fighter they're trying to make look good here is the one who's, uh, uh, as of now undefeated, uh, will they be would, fighting. They in his, do you know, something like that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, UFC, no, but, um, you know, he's out uh, fighting, uh, I guess, you know, loosely what you'd call home territory, uh, and Rinya Nakamura, uh, Great fighter. I, lo- I mean, Nakamura is a fantastic fighter. We uh, I touched on him earlier, going up when he went up against Kazama, uh, knocked him out. Like I said, I think I've, I'd have high hopes for Nakamura. I think uh, he's going to be a competitor in the bantamweight division soon enough. And like I said, I think the UFC is also trying to uh, trying to drive that point home by feeding him Garcia. Because, I mean, Garcia is either worst, absolutely not. But um, no, you lose to a decision against Brady Haystand. And now you're going up against a uh, Brady Haystand level 100, um, you know. So, what what do you do? You can't. Uh, you, Garcia wins. Uh, I would be complete. I'll I'll, I'll be floored. Uh, I mean, it'll be one of the biggest upsets of the year if Garcia can find a way to win this. But um, yeah. Uh, long story short, give me Nakamura via knockout, uh, via submission. Via domination, uh, it's really whatever he wants. It's uh, it's going to be his day. But uh, I got him via knockout. I'm going to say second round. Uh, his power is just next level. He's just great all around. Garcia loves to get hit. 
Even though he hasn't been knocked out, I think Nakamura is going to be able to. Yeah, I mean, again, much of the same. There's a, there's a reason these odds aren't close. Uh, Nakamura is going to have his way with him and knock him out. Probably, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll agree with you. I'll say the second round as well. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's, it's whatever Nakamura wants, whenever he wants, I think, at least. I don't think this fight's going to be competitive at all. And like I said, UFC's making their stance clear about Nakamura. They think he's going to be, you know, next level. I mean, look at the Sean O'Malley path to the championship. I mean, you can, you know, don't hate to draw similarities between a champion and someone who isn't even ranked. But, I mean, you know, come on, let's let's put two and two together. This is the UFC, for God's sakes. Um, anyways, moving yeah, on. Sean O'Malley was obviously push to the championship. Right, look, he won the championship, so grants to him. But mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. Some, some, the UFC sets a path for these fighters. I mean, it's up to them to do their thing. Um, but yeah, anyways, we'll move on to our third. I'm sorry, our fourth fight in the main card. Uh, we got Giga Chiketsi versus uh, Alex Caseras. Uh, what are their odds? Uh, minus two thirty eight for Giga, plus one ninety five for Alex. So, um. Yeah, you know, I know Giga had a huge, huge hype train behind him. But, what, that was like two years ago? Um, his last fight was like a year and a half ago against uh, Calvin Guitar. You know, Lou mm. lost in decision. Uh, Calvin Guitar, the one that's famous for his fight against Max Holloway. Or Max Holloway proclaimed himself. We'll get there, actually. We'll get there. Yeah, but... um. And like, I mean, like, I mean, you know, losing losing a Calvin guitar via decision not not the best. Uh, I'm sorry, not the worst thing to happen to you. No, no. but um, and like I said, uh, you know, like I said we're obviously I'm not hyping up Giga here, so you may be wondering why the odds are you know kind of you know pretty well separated. Um, uh, I think it's mainly mainly just because. I think Giga's competition he's fought is uh, it's night and day compared to Alex Casareras. Uh, don't get me wrong, Alex very tough, but he he himself doesn't have much power. Uh, he's looked good in his past fights, but I mean, I couldn't even I couldn't tell you one guy he's fought. Um, couldn't tell you one guy he's fought recently. You know whose name I actually know off the top of my head. I'm like, oh yeah, they're a good fighter. I I really have no idea. I've never heard of any of these people. Uh, Grant, I mean, you're getting all your wins in the UFC, which is which is good. Um, but like I said, I don't know, I don't know who the heck you're beating. And you know, I said, watching your fights, I see there's there's a little, there's a not a not a huge talent gap between these two fighters, but a decent enough a decent enough size one for me to be like, okay, these odds make a little sense. Um, I think this fight probably goes to the decision. Uh, give me Giga. I know we haven't seen him in a hot minute. But I think um, you know all his fans, you know, come out from under their rocks and uh, start cheering him on again. And you know, I think he gets another win via decision. Like I said, I think the, uh, thankfully the level of competition Giga's fought is uh, going to prove to be the deciding factor here. I think it's going to be that that alone, just that experience, knowing what to do, is probably just going to get him the win here. Um, to you know, not to knock on Alex Casares, but I, just, I think it's just a bad matchup for him at the end of the day. You know, I'd hate to. I'd hate to put someone who's fought, you know, level, you know, like tier five opponents against someone who's fought, you know, tier two, tier one opponents. I mean, that's just, at the end of the day, it's just not fair. Even if you're, you know, even if you have the same fighting style, like I said, it just doesn't, just doesn't make much sense. So yeah. Give me Giga via decision. Yeah. I'm kind of with you. Like when I first saw the, the odds, I was like, ah, why are they, 
I mean, not that minus two thirty is like a massive, massive favorite, but I mean, it's big, big enough to where like you can definitely tell it's not like a. There's definitely a favorite to win. Is aside of when there's like you know minus one fifty plus one twenty five. I feel like they're like ah maybe this guy maybe that guy like they're unsure when they're that low. But at this point, I do feel like you know it's there's a clear cut favorite here. And at first, I, I was kind of confused as to why, but just like you said, I mean the level of competition is just ridiculously different. Uh, so yeah, chicken, chicken, chickades, chick, whatever. By decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh. All right. Moving on to our co-main, uh, Anthony Smith, uh, going up against Ryan Span. Uh, I'll just pretty much pick him. Anthony Smith is a plus one ten underdog. Span a minus one thirty favorite. So these guys have actually fought before. Uh, I believe the result was Smith via Smith submission. Winning. Yep. So, you know. Um, yeah, you know, good, good, for, good for you, Anthony Smith. Uh, that fight was two years ago. Uh, things have changed for you. Um, huh. I mean, you're you're taking the Michael Bisping route. You know, you're you're like signed with the UFC, but for all the wrong reasons. Uh, you're not fighting anymore. You're you know you're in the booth. You know, talking to other fighters. Um, and we so when you do fight, I you look god awful. You look you you got the Jessica Andrade sy- syndrome. You, mm. you just don't care about fighting anymore. Um, you know, I think the only thing you got Anthony Smith has going for him. Uh, I mean, I, I think, you know, I think he's got more talent than Ryan Span, sure. But like I said, I mean, at the end of the day, you're an uninterested fighter. You're an uninterested fighter. Uh, why would I choose you to win? And I, I'm not going to. It makes no sense to choose someone who has no interest in fighting anymore to win a fight. Um, like I said, uh, you know, I kind of touched on earlier, I hate to call uh, fight results flukish, but I think that's kind of what the last fight between these two, that's kind of what, what happened. I think Span, I think, got caught with a hit, and he just, he was, he seemed in and out of it ever since then, and uh, Smith was able to get a submission. Uh, I think, I think this is probably Lionheart's uh, last fight in the UFC. I think he retires after this and goes uh, in the booth full time. Um, do I think he can knock out Ryan Span again? I mean, sure. I say knock him out again, but you know, stun him and get a knockout. Sure, I think his more realistic path to victory here is submission again. Uh but like I said, do I do I personally think that's going to happen? Probably not. Um, I think Span has improved since the last time they fought. Span actually cares about fighting still. Uh, he's good all around. Uh, like I said, if they were both in their primes and they both actually cared, I think, you know, Smith would probably be a heavier favorite here, like a minus like 200, 250 favorite. But, man, no, I think odds makers kind of all over this. Um, Anthony Smith, clear, you know, I say the clear favorite in terms of talent, but a uh, clear underdog in terms of caring. And that means that means way too much in the UFC. So, yeah, give me Ryan Spann uh, via knockout in the second round. Um, span, uh, I'm sorry, Lionheart's just taking way too much damage lately in his career. And I say he doesn't, he, he himself doesn't possess a ton of power. He was just lucky to catch Span. So, yeah, I think Span gets his, uh, gets his revenge and sends Anthony Smith out of the UFC. I'm sorry, out of the octagon, still in the UFC doing his thing. But yeah, I think, so uh, give me Span via knockout. Yeah, I feel like this fight is kind of a fight for relevance at this point for both of these fighters, too. So, um, but I do think Span wants a little bit more, like you said. So I'm gonna go Span by knockout. 
All right, and moving on to our main event, um, you know, the moment everyone's been waiting for. Uh, but unfortunately, not much to say about this. Give me, uh, I'm going to have my Max Via knockout in the fifth round. Um, you know, I'm, I mean, Max Holloway doesn't have power at all. But after watching, you know, the Korean Zombies' last few fights, let me, let me say the odds here really quick, too, to give you an idea. Minus 800 for Max, uh, plus 550 for the Korean Zombies. Not quite the biggest, you know, uh, difference. Actually, it ties for the biggest difference on the card. Uh, for the fight that I said shouldn't have been uh, even been sanctioned, so it goes to show you what you know oddsmakers think about this fight, and I agree with them. Um, I think Max Holloway's volume, which is just superior to anyone you've ever seen, is just going to get the best of the Korean Zombie. And at this point in his career, as I think he's going to wear too much damage, and the fight's going to have to be stopped one way or another. Whether he gets knocked out, whether the ref stops it, whether his corner throws in the towel. Um, I think the last fight for the Korean Zombie, or not his wait, was it his last fight against Volk? Against Volk, yeah, yeah. Um, unfortunately, that's uh, also one of those fights that you probably just don't recover from. That's, uh, I mean, you know, reminiscent of uh, Ferguson and Gaethje. Um, unfortunately, we know how Ferguson's career is, you know, going downhill, and uh, this is kind of how I see uh, Korean Zombie's career going now too. I think so. Unfortunate for him, he's just taking too much damage in his career. Um, and you know, you're not going to knock out Max, you're not going to have volume Max, you're not going to take down Max. Um, you know, so how do you win if you're the Korean zombie? You don't, um, you, you don't win. So, yep, give me a Max via knockout. Uh, like I said, Max doesn't have power, but I think like I said he's just, the volume is going to be way too much for the Korean zombie. Yep, I wholeheartedly agree with pretty much everything you said. I mean. Let's be real, man. Korean Zombie ain't the same guy he used to be. This fight's about five years too late. Um, mm-hmm. Five years ago, I mean, this would have been like a, a fight that I was I'd salivate over. But now it's just like, oh, man, come on, don't do that to the Korean Zombie. I think Korean Zombie, I mean, he doesn't do much to piss anybody off. I mean, he's, I wouldn't think he's a fan favorite because he doesn't, he doesn't say much. But, <laughs> I mean, he's a good dude. Like, he's, he's an easy guy to root for. When he's not fighting your favorite fighters like Max Holloway and Volkanovski, but uh, he's kind of one of those guys that you're like, oh hey, look, Korean Zombies fighting, you know? Um, he had a great career, I think. I think this might be a retirement fight though, mm-hmm. um, and it really sucks that it has to be against Max Holloway. Just solidified the CTE before retiring, but um, yeah. Look, Max Holloway's also lost a step. Let's let's be real with ourselves. I mean, he looked pretty pretty poor against Volkanovski uh, in their in their last fight in the trilogy. After being very very competitive the first two, um, maybe that's Volk just getting better and better. Like we've grown Volk to do, we've grown accustomed to Volk for Volk to do. But I mean, look, Max isn't isn't very young, and he he's absorbed a lot of damage himself. But dude, he's never gonna forget how how box man like this dude's one of the most exciting fighters in the ufc history uh you know when you see a max holloway fight it's must see tv yeah you yeah you gotta tune in <laughs> yeah i mean look max is one of the greatest of all time dude i love max holloway mm-hmm. um and he's fighting for his state that's on fire right now yeah so, I absolutely. Mean, hey, extra motivation uh, and look he's undefeated in against featherweights not named Volkanovski in the last mm-hmm. decade. So, um, I mean, that's very impressive. If Volkanovski would have never been born, uh, 
Max Holloway might be the goat, <laughs> <laughs> goat fighter. But uh, look, man, I, I love Holloway. I, and I love the Korean Zombie. I'm happy this fight was made, but I'm not happy that it was made now. I wish it was made five years mm-hmm. ago, like I said earlier. Korean Zombie's going to lose. It's not going to be pretty. Um, man, I, it really sucks because I do like the Korean Zombie, dude. Mm-hmm. It just—it's it, gonna suck to just see him get his face pounded in. Yeah, uh, I think everybody knows this is coming, except for the one guy at work today that told me he—he he put a hundred dollars on a four parlay <gasps> involving the Korean Zombie <sighs> beating Max Holloway. <gasps> I, I couldn't believe what I was hearing. I told him, I said, "You might as well just <laughs> give me that one hundred dollars," um, because that ain't, that, that ain't happening, bro. He might as well just pull it out in front of you, just lit it on fire, and not even said anything. Just looked you dead in the eyes as he did it. I mean. Look, Shane, if you listen to this, bro, I don't, I don't know what you were thinking. Shame on you, Shane. I, I just, I'm in awe that you even decided that was a good thing. A smart idea to even say that out loud. I mean, come on, bro. That even if you're joking, happen. we know that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, even if you're joking, like you can't. That's just. I mean, come on. Yeah. So okay, we gotta draw a line somewhere. Say, yeah, I'll say this. Look. The, the parlay would cash out $3,000 off of 100 but, I mean, we know that ain't happening. Like that, <laughs> that might happen. Yeah. You don't know that ain't happening. So. Yep, exactly, exactly. Yep. But I do – Singapore, great, you know, great place for a Korean zombie to hang him up. Uh, mm-hmm. He's just taking a lot of damage. I mean, his, his, whole, his whole fighting style was – sitting in the pocket and kind of slipping punches and countering. But he's gotten a little bit slower, so he's now taking a whole lot of damage from some pretty scary guys. Um, and, yeah, Max Holloway still hadn't been truly cracked in the UFC. He hadn't even been knocked down. So I don't see a path to victory for for the Korean Zombie. Yeah, truly, he hadn't been the same since uh, – since Yair Rodriguez yeah. hit him with that elbow. Yeah, and the, the buzzer beater. Yep. He looked really good dagger. that fight too, man. That, that, that's what's crazy mm-hmm. is, like, that catapulted Yair Rodriguez to a title shot in a sense. Like, I know it wasn't immediate, but that kind of put Yair on the map for Volt to fight, and then it just derailed the Korean Zombies' career. Although he did still get a title shot, but I mean, be real, that was just that was just a sacrificial lamb to keep Volk happy. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, yeah, that'll do it for our UFC predictions. If you want to move into college football, if you're interested, Week sicko, let's go. Oh yeah, oh yeah, baby. I don't, I don't care what you call. It. I'm just happy college football's back. I'm, oh, I'm happy man. football's back in general. Oh man, so, I mean, I'm so happy. I, Hate to say that, but the best game of the day will probably be Navy Notre Dame, and it's going to be played in the afternoon. What? Um, yeah, it's oh, not being played at one thirty. Prime time on ESPN, boy. New Mexico State and UMass. Prime time game, man. Yeah, and that's why this week is called Sicko. Um, yeah, so you know, week zero in college football, as it's uh, referred to, is kind of uh, you know, hate to call it preseason because the games actually count. But you know, this is this is before you know most most people. This I guess this is NCAA's way of you know getting you know letting people have their little taste of uh, college football by just uh you know just letting some of this some letting some of the you know lesser known teams get their uh, get their time on TV or you know get their name out there and uh 
you know, get, uh, have something to play for. You know, it's fun. You know, whenever you're one of, one of the few teams playing before everyone else, that's, uh, like I said, that's actually something fun. So, uh, yeah, week zero, or, you know, as we're going to call it, week sicko, um, you know, keep it in the spirit here. Uh, yeah, most of these matchups are just um, awful. Uh, and even the competitive games are, you know, teams like UTEP going up against Jacksonville State. And, you know, um, I'd say you know, 95% of the people in the country couldn't name me a, a, single, a single player on either one of those teams. Um, so, uh, uh, Sicko is a, um, you know, fitting name for this. But uh, and, uh, speaking of Sickos, um, Peyton, uh, any game in particular you're looking, you're looking out for? The one I just named. Can't wait okay. to watch the Sicko game of the week, man. We'll call it the Sicko Bowl, if you will. Sicko Bowl. Um, Dude, oh, dude, it's going to be sick. It's two of the worst teams in the country playing prime time on ESPN. Oh, man. I'm you sorry. said that's New that's uh, New Mexico. That's uh, Sorry. <clears throat> you said that's New Mexico State in Massachusetts? Correct. <sighs> yeah, all you have I'm to not- say is UMass. You don't even have to say the other team. It's just okay. <laughs> I'm convinced. You had yeah. me at whatever. And another game that's got potential to be sicko is Hawaiian Vanderbilt. Ooh, <laughs> ooh man, how is Vanderbilt in the SEC? Dude? How are they in the SEC? Good thing they got baseball. That's also, why you still have players? Are they all going to like come up with like uh, like ashes uh, smut on their? Uh... They're all going to be wearing firefighting. Uh, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. unfortunate for them, but um. Yeah, anyway, I mean, did you want to like cover the games, or are you just, you're just saying that you're excited? I mean, I know. New Mexico State and UMass. Um, obviously, I do. I do think UMass is probably. I don't know Hawaii or UMass. Um, Say it again. I was just saying. I'm trying to determine who the worst team in uh, college football is. Um, you know, is it UMass or Hawaii? Uh, regardless, uh, they're both playing in Week Zero. I would have said to show you two years ago, but they actually had a decent year last year. Sadly, yeah, yeah, I know they they won the championship last year. So, um, essentially. <laughs> it's a uh what, what do you call it a, uh i'm not going to think of the term i don't even i can't i don't even have an inkling of what i'm trying to say uh anyways but um you know uh the odds have new mexico state as a uh as a uh, touchdown favorite uh all the books have them as a uh, seven point favorite i say touchdown but you know touchdown and an extra point and um i i agree with them like i said i do think umass is uh you know unfortunately for them you know cover your ears uh umass fans are the uh, worst team in college. Um, who fans? You mess us fans? Do they? I don't know. I was just I'm gen- no gen- no generally way. speaking. I don't know. Dude. Uh, yeah, you mess is going to have some fans this weekend because, you know, people betting on them. I don't know who would, but, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, <clears throat> anyways. Um, game is going to be awful the game is going to be awful i'm I'm kind of looking i'm looking at the i'm like kind of like looking at my sheets right here and i'm like "Mm, oh man the fact that like a projected spread i have in front of me is like four points and the books are saying it's going to be seven i guess in new mexico it does have home field advantage maybe it's didn't account for that god god the only thing i would i could wish for more is if Hawaii and UMass were playing in, <laughs> in Hawaii right now. Oh, in no, Maui, not in, in the middle Hawaii. of Maui. Oh, dude, that would be the straight up sick. That would be sick of game of the century. Oh, yeah. It's sort of like the game of the century at LSU, Alabama in, in 2011. Sick of game of the century. 
Cool, man. I want to see it. I got to. I got to see it. <clears throat> yeah, he was now. Yeah, that's that's a definite sicko game. That's definitely the sicko game of the week. Um, is uh UMass in New Mexico. Unfortunately, I mean it doesn't get worse than that. Um, I know you can look at some matchups and be Hawaii and Vanderbilt. I mean that's pretty bad. No, not as bad as UMass in New Mexico State. Um, and then people you know, be like, oh Ohio's playing. Yeah, no, not the red Ohio, the green Ohio. No, the red Ohio's um, playing too, aren't they? Maybe what? I had that. Maybe I had that mixed up. Maybe, maybe yeah. Maybe you had a crazy dream. You know, Sicko Week does that to a lot of people. Uh, oh, you're, nah, maybe you're thinking I, USC. I know USC plays. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Well, I know Notre Dame and Ohio State play. Uh, is it Week One? How would you mind your business? That's 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 their concern, not yours. Just kidding. I don't know. They do play. They do play super early. I don't know. Do they play Week One? I'm looking right now. But yeah, um, you know, we're like so we're looking forward to no, football. We're looking forward to anything. Oh, okay. Well, Ohio State plays Indiana week one. Oof. Ah. Yeah. Good luck, Indiana. Uh, wiped Ooh. out, wiped off the uh, face of the earth. But uh, in- interesting. Interestingly enough, I do think so. Like I said, some of these games are gonna be close on paper. But like I said, you're gonna be watching. You're gonna be watching some sloppy games all around. I mean, FIU and Louisiana Tech, uh, and the St. Louisiana Tech of old, where they, they're decent. They're actually uh, a tech school now. Not like Texas Tech, but, you know, the little, you know, um, special cousin of Texas Tech, if you will. Um, anyways, yeah, it's going to be some uh, – I think we're both just excited to see college football back regardless of whatever teams are going to be playing – and um, I mean, I'd definitely be watching the Navy Notre Dame game. I'd like to get a good read on Notre Dame. I um, like I said, I already have some bets placed. Um, did I already forget what the bets are? Maybe. Unless um, it's just just a sicker like that, you know, you, know, something, you just got to place bets and forget about them. I'm, I, wait, no, I don't. Oh yeah, I really don't even know what bets I placed. I'm about to look at them right now. A little bit of weekend fun. I mean, why not do it? It's the first week of college football. You get, you gotta, you gotta do it. Got to do it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Interesting. What are we looking like? I am, I'm shocked at some of the bets I did. Okay, so um, so I have the same game parlay for the Notre Dame game. I have them getting over 34 points. I have Ooh. them winning by more than 10 points in the first half. And I have uh, Audric Esteem, Esteeme, Esteem. You know how to say his name? Nope. Okay. Well, I have him getting a touchdown, and uh, you'd be surprised how low the odds are in that. Um. See, so yeah, I got that going on. Another bet involving Notre Dame I have, and this will be the last one I'll tell you about. Is uh, it's a teaser with uh, Notre Dame and USC. Uh, Notre Dame needs to win by fifteen or more, and USC needs to win by twenty-five or more. I think I do have hopes that both those teams will come out. And with something to prove, you know, to try and prove, you know, these teams like to come out and, you know, show that, hey, we're top 10 for a reason, you know, like we really need to make our mark, make our mark. And um, so, yeah, uh, looking forward to college football. Uh, any other games you want to highlight? Yeah, the USC San Jose State game. Uh, mm-hmm. Looking for San Jose State to pull a huge upset. Um, yeah, they're, they're yeah. live. 
They're live. I'm calling it now. They're they're beating them in the USC. Okay, okay. What do you think? What do you think Caleb Williams has painted on his fingernails for the first game? We didn't want to be there. Just like you said, when he lost to Tulane. Oh, well, you know, we, we didn't want to be there. Anyways, did you see my cool Heisman trophy? Yeah, something like that. Like, <laughs> hey, dude, football is a team sport. You're not special. Every other quarterback that Lincoln Riley's had is one of uh, Heisman, too. So, you ain't, you ain't special. You ain't special. No, not at all. Not at all. Man, I sure am. He got uh, Baker yeah, sure. Mayfield a Heisman, bro. Yeah, well, Baker was electric. Let's be honest; he was very electric. He was. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish, um, I wish it would have panned out for him in the NFL. But. Yeah, I know. Me too, man. I really, I really did like him, even though yeah, he was too. on the Browns, and I was like, oh god, you know, he's, you know, I kind of got the the Joe Burrow feeling towards him, you know, like I freaking like I hate you. I hope you do terrible, but man, like I hope you do well. At the same time, like, I secretly yeah. like you. Hope you do well, but not against my team. Yeah, exactly. Like, I hope I hope you do bad enough to lose enough games to not be in the playoffs, and like your team still sucks. But I hope you do well enough to where people are like, "Does like, oh, does this quarterback need to change teams because this team sucks?" You know, that's uh, that's how I feel. That's how I felt about him, and that's how I feel about Joe Burrow. Uh, unfortunately, you know, Joe Burrow is just too good. He makes his team good. And, um. <laughs> Regardless, that's neither here nor there. Um, no, not at all. Oh, they got him injured during practice not too long ago. So oh, screw them. Freaking cat! They had cats with a ghost out there. <laughs> Freaking douchebags. Yeah, I know. Absolutely. But um, yeah. I mean, I think is there any more you wanted to cover? No, this I episode. Think, I think that's it. All right. Well, we did talk about a lot. We uh, definitely made up for missing a day. Alex, I know we had a lot to cover, and I think we did cover a lot. We did a good job. So uh, props to you. Like I said, when we talked about, you know, sicko games. I mean, look at us. We're just we're just we're just two guys. You know, just you know, guys being dudes, excited about football again. Hmm. If you ain't excited about sicko games, you ain't you ain't a true football fan. Oh yeah, absolutely. I know they had that tweet that was going around that said you're a sick person if you're looking forward to week zero games. And like mm-hmm. everyone, like everyone responded like a quote tweet of like someone in a hospital bed. Yeah, you might as well put me in the hospital. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, dude. Guess who's going to enjoy every second of these games? Mm-hmm. This, this guy. guy. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, um, yep. Thank you all for tuning in. As always, um, we hope you guys enjoy uh, week zero as much as us. And uh, like I said, definitely if you can wake up early for the UFC card, going to be some good fights. And uh, like I said, as always, thanks for tuning in, guys. We uh, we always appreciate you. Yep. Thank you.